Thanks for joining me for season five of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. This is Susan Macias, and I'm so glad you're here as we talk about how we can serve the Lord, how we can serve our communities and each other. Because if we're not home yet, we're not done yet. Okay, after a couple of months of break, we are back at the We're Not Done Yet podcast. And if you're new here, you can go back and check out the first four seasons where I have great interviews with some people that are serving the Lord in this second half of life. Season four is a whole series of devotions on finding our identity in Christ. And here on season five, we're going to do a little bit of a shift and have a little bit different focus. But before we get to that, I want to give you an update. And this is one thing I'm going to start doing um, every time I have a podcast out, give you an update on my book. So I have written a, a book called Finding Home, and it is a novel of the prodigal son family. And I'm going to be talking about it in the next couple of episodes of the journey the Lord has had me on from when he first gave me the vision to do the book. And now here we are, 30 years later, and I am in the process of independently publishing it. It's very exciting. It is done. It has been through beta readers, got some great feedback from them and also encouragement. And I'm pushing forward, going to start a Kickstarter campaign um, in just a week and a half. And so here we go. Um, It's really happening, which is exciting and terrifying all at the same time. So if you're new here to the We're Not Done Yet podcast, let me tell you, um, one of the things, you might hear me stumble over some words at times, and I really try to do very little editing because I found that all of the perfection um, focus ended up with me not even wanting to record a podcast. Uh, I am a writer. I am not an audio engineer. And so I'm trying to put my time and focus on the things that really matter. In season five, I told you a second ago, we're going to have a little bit different focus. There I go. See, there was my example to you. I'm not going to cut that out, even though it kills the perfectionist in me. Okay, we're going to have a different focus um, kind of going forward. And I'm still going to be talking to the emptiness Um, homemaker, because man, do I meet a lot of us that are struggling in this place to really find where we can serve the Lord. But I want to reach even further. And I want to talk, while I'm still talking to the empty nest mom first, I want to talk to everybody. Because empty nest moms are not done yet. We still have ministry, we still have places to serve the Lord and to serve our communities. But you know what, I think we all can take a look around and see that our world is in crisis. And that world needs all of us believers in Jesus Christ to not be done yet. Our churches are failing, a lot of them. Either they're failing to teach the Word of God, or they're failing from young people running, or they're aging, and and they're not being effective. But it's not just churches. Banks are failing, and inflation is rising. Pornography is just wrecking havoc on generations of kids. They don't even get to be kids anymore. Marriages are failing. And when marriages fail, those kids don't have anywhere else to go. They don't have the stability that they need. We we can't in ourselves hide in our homes and just ask Jesus to come back. And and I tell you what, I get I get it. I get why that is a motivation, because heaven is sounding better and better and better to me right now. But we're not done yet. We're here. And if Jesus comes back tomorrow, 
praise the Lord, but I want him to find me about his work. And I think we all need to be there, and that's why I want to speak to you. And I want to start out this season um, on a foundational scripture that has been very important to me. And this, I would probably say, is my second most important foundational scripture on this subject. We'll get to the other one eventually. But this one is one that I keep coming back to over and over, and I'm just going to give you some of the verses and a little commentary. I am not a Bible scholar. I'm not um, seminary trained, but I am a Bible lover, and I love to marinate in the Word of God, and I love to find out the Greek, and I love to find out cross-references and see how God agrees with Himself from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I love the Word of God, and it has done more in my life than any other thing. And studying the Word of God has affected me more than any other thing. So let's get to the scripture. Um, It comes from 2 Corinthians, um, and I'm going to read, like I said, you know, some of it and then kind of give you my Susan Macias commentary for, for what it's worth. But I think these verses apply to our attitude in these days we find ourselves, because guess what? The Corinthians weren't in just stellar days of building the church. They were a young church in a Roman empire in which um, immorality was growing and would continue to grow for hundreds of years. And their church would be um, persecuted and tried to quell and to push down. And yet they were told by Paul through the Holy Spirit to keep sowing, to keep ministering and to keep serving exactly what we need to hear. So we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this is the Susan Macias commentary, and I'll let you know, so you make sure you know what's the difference between this is scripture, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and this is just what I think. But here we are, that we are supposed to be the ones to share light, and we know who the light of the world is. It's Jesus. It has shown in our hearts. It gives the knowledge of the glory of God, and that we should be shining brighter in these dark days than ever before. If you have a brightly lit room and you turn on a flashlight, it is not noticeable. But if you go into a dark cave where there is no light and you turn on that flashlight, it is a beacon of hope. And we have the opportunity for all the light that we share to be that beacon for those that are terrified at what is going on around them. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. What treasure? That treasure of the light. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Yahoo, we don't have to be strong enough. We don't have to get ourselves out there and do the right thing. God knows. He tells us we are as easily broken as a clay pot. Have you ever had like a terracotta pot that you drop? It just shatters. He knows that. We hold this godly treasure of his light and knowledge in clay pots. Why? To show God's power, not to show our power. Nobody needs us. They need to know God. 
and we have the opportunity to take it. Now listen to this hope and promise in verse 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Wow, that's amazing. You know, just in case we were wondering, oh, things just don't seem very nice. I guess I'm not walking the will of God. It can be God's will that we be afflicted and perplexed and we are persecuted and struck down. But none of those things that will occur to us in the world can ever crush us or um, d- make us drive drive us to despair if we are walking in that if we're holding that light and we are giving that light to others we're going to go through the same things that Jesus did we're going to carry the death of Jesus in our in ourselves because why because we're supposed to be crucified with Christ we learn that in Galatians we are carrying that around why so that we can share the life it's not about us. It's not about me. My book, my story, it's not about me. Um, Finding Home is a story about God and his incredible love for us that he has always said that he has for his people from the first part of Genesis all the way through. And so whatever we do, however we serve, it's not about us. Okay, so we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4, 11 and 12. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in your mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Yeah, we're going to get crucified with Christ. We're supposed to. Why? So it's not us. It's his life that we are sharing with others. Whenever you see a so that in scripture, circle it and see what does it say before? Okay, before it says we are being given over to death. Why? For Jesus sake. Okay, so we're given over to death for Jesus. Oh, gosh, that doesn't sound like good news, does it? But why? So that Jesus life would come out of our mortal flesh. What an incredible thing. Okay, so this is what we need to have this hope. In order to remember that we're not done yet, in order to keep serving those around us, we've got to do it by by letting the light of Jesus shine out of us and letting his life be what works in us and for others. We're going to skip down to verse 14. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Oh, this, this is it. I shouldn't be shocked that my outer self wastes away. And as I get older, you know, there's a little more wasting. But it can also apply to that kind of 
um, just the the opposition we're facing in these days. Our outer self may be wasting away, but we need to live in a way that grace can extend to more and more people. Jesus renews our insides. That's what we see in this. It's his life and his light. Why does he do that? So we can feel better? So we can enjoy our life? No, because we're not done yet. We have work to do to bring light to people, to bring glory to God, and to extend grace to more and more people. This is a call to us. This isn't just a place. These aren't words to make us feel better. They're to help us realize we have a bigger thing in front of us than just our our little vision for our personal life and our personal family. We have more. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4.15, for this light momentary affliction, which I'm going to just, okay, this is Susan's words, not the scripture. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't have to feel light and momentary for it to be a light momentary affliction in the eternal perspective of things. Okay, go back to the beginning of this. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We must realize, dear sister and brother in Jesus, that eternity is our home. Here, right now, it's not our home. We're not done yet because we're not home yet. Just look at the next verse. I think this is one of those chapter breaks that occurs because the next verse is in in chapter five, but it's one of those that I, I don't really like where it falls. We have to keep reading into this thought, okay? So let me go back to um, 418. It says, the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are are eternal. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.1. For we know, what do we know? We know that there's an eternal thing that is unseen and that this transient stuff that we are living in day to day, this stuff doesn't matter. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home, that includes our body and our physical anything around us, from jobs to all the things that we think are so important, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. Oh, just listen to this. For while we are in this tent, we groan. Why would we need a tent? That's such a temporary lodging, isn't it? That's a get up and move around and set it up again kind of lodging. We need a tent because we're not home yet. And like I said, if we're not home yet, we're not done yet. In verse 6, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, it says, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
I mean, we look around and we see all this stuff going on and we go, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Jesus has looked away. He's not in control anymore. Things are bad. No, he hasn't. He's working everything out to his plan. But we're going to have to walk by faith to know that. Verse eight, yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. You know what? I really am at a place in my life. I would rather be away from the body and be at home with the Lord. But that's not where I am. Peter has the same thing to say in 1 Peter 2, 10 and 11. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. We are in a tent. We are a sojourner. We're a traveler. We're an exile. We're not home. We are, we are one of those people that is just trying to, to get home, but we're not there yet. So there's things that we need to do. And that's where we are. We are travelers, just like you look through the book of Exodus. That's who we are. And we need to follow the Lord as a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. And we need to give his glory and his light and his life to others and everywhere, everywhere we can. And that's what I want to talk to you about in this season five. How can we live with the Lord's purpose to the glory of God? Right where we find ourselves in this time, in these circumstances, I believe we're here on purpose. God didn't mess up by putting us here when he could have put us in a time where it was much easier to be a Christian. No, it's more important what we do now. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. And it is a responsibility, dear one. We need to love the Lord and serve him. So let's stop complaining about the situations of the world that or, or problems we are personally involved in. Man, our kids could be doing crazy stuff right now. But let's, let's look at where we are now and the opportunity we have. Because God is sovereign. And he put us here now on purpose. And we need to live that way. But to live to his glory right where we are, We're going to have to think eternally. We're going to have to invest for eternity, spend our money and our resources and our time and our talents for eternity while living in a tent and wandering around and feeling like an exile and an, an alien and somebody that doesn't quite fit in with where we are. If we fit into the culture around us, there's a problem. We don't fit in anymore. And that's a blessing, but we need to not fit in in a way that shines light into the darkness. I'm going to leave you with two verses that I just think really, therefore, all of the stuff we've talked about through this longer episode, I try to keep my episodes a little shorter than this, but I, I just wanted to lay this foundation. We live in hard times. What do we do? Okay, one thing we do is in Psalm 119.54, your statutes, 
Let me start that over again so it sounds like the word of God. Okay, Psalm 119.54. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. And sojourning is that traveling. It's that moving about, looking for your home. The song in our heart needs to be the word of God. If you are finding yourself discouraged and empty and you're thinking, my light, it's like, like you know, when you turn on a flashlight and you know the batteries are going to go out any second because it's just barely lit. If you feel that way, then you need to get the Lord's statutes to be the song in your heart. What you repeat, what you sing, what you think through, get his word to be what is in your heart. And then 1 Peter 2.12, how to live in this day. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, which people are doing now, I mean, this is, we get the uh, the responsibility and the opportunity to stand for God and have ourselves misunderstood. But what's going to happen when they, how should we live so that when they speak against us, going to continue in verse 12, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We have this amazing opportunity now to live for Jesus, to shine his light to the glory of God. We're not home yet, so we're not done yet. I would love to hear from you. What is the thing that God is doing in you that is that is this new place that he wants to work? Because he's got it for you. If you are alive, if you are breathing, and if you love Jesus, then you have something to do. In the next uh, two episodes, I will be talking about how to take that dream out of yourself and, and, um, and do it. And it can be a long haul thing that will take, for me personally, 30 years to bring to fruition. What is it that we need to do along the path of the way of serving the Lord so that we faithfully fulfill what he's put in us. Blessings, love, and let's encourage each other to serve God right where we are right now until we get home.